0: Greetings Innovators, how you doing? How's it going? How are you? Welcome back to another episode of Vividly Speaking with who else but me, Dr. Vivid. I want to thank you guys so much for all your support, all your listens, all your shares, all your subscriptions, all your likes, your comments, your whale mail. You guys are so awesome and I'm so glad to be back here with you for another week. So you know what? Let's Let's just jump right into it. Okay, come on, let's go. You guys, spooky season. I got to engage in peak activities. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I am so excited to talk to you about my spooky season activities. So Halloween, Sunday, took the girls to eight houses that I knew very well because I went to the neighborhood that I grew up in. That's the only neighborhood I trick-or-treat in. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, because I'm not playing with the Panini Pandemic. It's still very much a pepperoni pan pizza. We can still get sick and we don't want that for us. Okay. So we went to the homes that we knew already used the safest protocols necessary. And it was so magical because, um, my smallest human is, essentially a pandemic baby, a pandemic toddler. So even though she was born in 2019, she hasn't had a chance to experience, you know, true socialization and, you know, the holidays as we know it, especially as my eight year old knows it. So, because she's been deprived too. So it was so great to see them just be themselves, be happy kids, and engage in something that we know to be a tradition. And for my smallest human to have her first experience trick-or-treating because Lord knows she's been talking about pumpkin Halloween, trick-or-treat for months. So it was beautiful to see. And she actually was the person who wrapped up our night. (laughs) She said, whew, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. The steps of my neighborhood homes, the my neighbor's houses, they were tearing her two-year-old toddler legs up. So she slept good. We ended the night actually by going to my grandma's house and letting her see their outfits, very safe. Um, we haven't seen her much since the pandemic started. So she really enjoyed them and they, they came up cause she gave them Oreos. Like multiple packs of Oreos, and I was like, Grandma, I knew you first. Where are my cookies, honey? And she just looked at me, but that's okay because I took one anyway. But don't tell nobody, don't tell nobody. Shh, 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 shh. I checked their candy as I normally do, I cuffed some candy as I normally do, <laughs> y'all. An organic Hershey's bar, milk chocolate, divine divine, they won't even know it's missing. Who's going to tell them? No one. And you better not betray me by telling my kids that I went through their candy and took the good stuff for myself. Okay. Keep it to yourself. (laughs) But yeah, I want to see more of your costumes. I don't care that Halloween's over. Send me something. Tell me what you went as. Or even if you don't celebrate Halloween, what do you like to do during this fall harvest period? I want to know. Are you into spooky movies? Are you into the apple cider and the pumpkin spice of it all? I can't be the only one. I can't. Let me know so we can talk about this on the social media streets when I see you. Okay? All right. Oh. Guess what, guys? Remember last week I was telling you that I had a surprise? Mm-hmm. So I am excited to announce that I am officially a part of the Connected Podcast Network family. Yes, I am so excited for you guys to hear all the newness that is coming to Vividly Speaking With Dr. Vivid. Now, 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 you're going to hear some changes on this episode because we're moving on up to the east side, to a podcast apartment in the sky. Yes, we are. (laughs) But I decided to join this network because Connected Podcast is a new mission-driven podcast network, and they're really focused on helping independent creators thrive. Now, as a creator, I'm sensitive about my ish, you know? So it's great knowing that the founders of Connected Podcasts are creators themselves. And they understand the importance of retaining ownership and maintaining control of my work have been nothing but supportive over the last few weeks. And it really shows that they're committed to supporting my efforts, the efforts of creatives, and that they believe in the value of bringing positive content to the world through diverse voices. They're unifying a network of shows committed to a shared mission that allows for authentic growth and strengthens all involved. And I am just so excited to be a part of this new podcast network family. They have been, like I said, I'm not exaggerating, so supportive of my vision, so supportive of my plans for my show, and really letting me tell them what it is I see for myself and what I want to deliver to you guys. So I'm excited for this new chapter. So you're going to hear some new things because we're moving on up right we're moving on up so I just want you to know that there's more greatness in store and thank you guys for just being along for the ride it's because of you that I'm here every week and now because I'm a part of the connected podcast family I'm going to be able to bring you even more about mental health wellness and the things that you need to be connected to some of the experiences that you need to be a part of and let's just enjoy this ride together all right y'all know what time it is let's get to the rest of the episode what's happening what goes on here y'all so again as usual I'm scrolling on Beyonce's internet and the headline that I happened upon reads as follows. A black chief diversity officer lost a job after flagging racial bias. Let me read it again for you. A black chief diversity officer lost a job. After flagging racial bias. (sighs) Come along with me children. So Joseph B. Hill was supposed to start a position as a vice president of um, chief equity diversity. And (sighs) child, he was just doing his job. He's coming on. To help the people at Memorial Hermann Health System, which is located in Houston, Texas. Texas, you and your stepsister, Florida, really run me up a wall, but I digress. So, again, he's hired, well, offered the position as vice president of chief equity diversity and inclusion officer vice president chief equity diversity and inclusion officer i have to repeat that so you know what he was hired to do okay so he said that shortly after accepting the position he was met with an email that said We regret to inform you that we are rescinding the offer of employment delayed July 21st, 2021. We appreciate your interest in the position and wish you much success going forward. Okay, so if you get an email like that after you've been offered a position, you signed the offer letter, you've gone on a number of interviews, you met staff, you've met your admin, your higher-ups, You are confused. So he investigated a little further, come to find out that his lawyer was told by the company's lawyer that they were uncomfortable about him inquiring about hiring staff to build his team and that he was overall too sensitive about race issues. I am confusion. They also said that he wanted a larger relocation budget. Now, he was coming from Atlanta to Texas, so I can understand wanting to make sure he had enough money for the move, and that he rented and charged a luxury car to the company. Now, he's calling these claims false and nonsensical. And he says that the hospital, um, the system, the health system, didn't even contact him to discuss the issues. They basically just rescinded the offer. And what Mr. Hill says is that he made a number of um, statements and he expressed some concerns about diversity. (laughs) related issues Um, he talked about his experience with the realtor that they I guess they connected him with and the realtor was a white man who made a lot of comments about the car he drived and um, certain things that were just like red flags to him and also he wanted to hire more people of color And the company literally said, no, no, how dare you come here and do what we told you was in your job description in our face? (sighs) This is so frustrating because this happens a lot in diversity, equity, and inclusion spaces. You hire a speaker, you hire an officer, you hire a liaison, and they point out, hey, here are the issues of racial bias. Hey, here are the issues related to gender bias. Hey, here are the issues related to cultural bias. And you get companies who then frown up their faces and throw all this harshness and this defensiveness back at the person that they've hired to do a job. The sole purpose of having a diversity and inclusion officer or hiring hiring a diversity consultant is to point out your weak points and strengthen them, is to point out areas where more diversity is needed. And for you to say that the person you hired to champion this cause Was a little too racially sensitive is the most asinine thing I have heard maybe in the last 12 hours. You know the world we live in, but it's nonetheless asinine, and it just shows how performative some of these companies have become. Do you really want to change the nature of your workplace? Do you really want to show that you are supportive to black? indigenous people of color or is that just something you feel like you need to say to avoid being seen as racist to avoid being seen as aligned with white supremacy to avoid being seen as an oppressive environment these are performative gestures hiring people for the sake of saying look look we're different look at what we're doing that's not what we need i hope mr hill finds the position that is right for him, a space that values him, a space that really is committed to supporting a diverse environment that is willing to listen to the employees it hires when that employee says, hey, the people who work for you don't feel safe. The people who work for you don't have enough space to voice their issues, the people who work for you feel undervalued and underrepresented. This is what you need. Hey, you should hire from this pool. Hey, there are a lot of people who look just like Tom and Tom is great, but there are other people who don't share Tom's lived experience, cultural background, cultural experiences that could do this damn job flawlessly. Hey, there are so many people that are talented that come from diverse ethnic backgrounds that deserve to be here. Let's give them a chance. That's the real work. So don't hire people for these performative gestures. Waste your money elsewhere. Mr. Hill, I am so sorry that you went through this. Literally, you fired a man, or rescinded an offer because a person was really good at what he was sent to do. He done did his damn job and y'all done told him, you are too sensitive. How dare you point out the racial issues that we have here in our environment and that we are fostering and we are continuing (laughs) to allow to happen because that's just the way it's always been. Stand up, speak out. Mr. Hill, there's a salary with your name on it with a place that really values you. And if you are a person who works in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm offering you a virtual hug and a virtual glass of something strong because I understand that this is a very common occurrence. And to that I say, what the hell is happening? What goes on here? Oh my God. So today I thought I'd chat with you guys about anxiety. Oh, yes. Anxiety is a girl I know all too well. You guys know I'm the transparency queen, so I often talk about my struggles with my anxiety disorder in ways that I've managed my symptoms. But today, I wanted to get into the nitty gritty of things. Because there are so many misconceptions that people have about anxiety and how it looks. Oftentimes when I talk about my anxiety, people go, really? I don't think I've ever seen you anxious. And I really want to blank stare (laughs) because honey, you probably have, you just weren't aware. Anxiety looks different from person to person um, if you look at media, when we talk about, you know, TV, film, they often present anxiety in one form and that's ultra nervous, super keyed up and very high strung. And this is true that people with anxiety can present in this manner, but that's not everybody. My anxiety really mixes with my personality. (laughs) So sometimes it hides underneath my personality traits or my positive attributes. What the hell do you mean, Dr. Vivid? I mean, you think that I am really just knocking work out and I'm productive as hell. What's really happening is I am so anxious that I have to hyper-focus on one task so that I don't focus on all the other things that are floating around my brain at one time. (laughs) You think that I am just having a great day, just disconnecting, and you saw me and I was pretty chill. Really? I am screaming on the inside. <laughs> I am quiet because I am observing everything. And it is a lot. So much so that I am overwhelmed and I have nothing to contribute to a conversation or an interaction. I am almost paralyzed in moments. Um, I can't give you any feedback or engage because my anxiety is saying if I say something it's going to be the wrong thing or if I say something they're going to know that I wasn't paying attention because my anxious thoughts were running amok and I was chasing after them and now I've lost my place in the conversation so I'm going to try to be quiet and nod and give you a mm-hmm mm Because (laughs) that's all I can offer at this time. I also have moments where my anxiety is big and bold. And it makes me cry when I'm thinking about the things that could go wrong or the things that I didn't think of to do or the things that I didn't get to. At its boldest, it creates an entire anxiety or panic attack where it feels like I can't breathe, and everything is so heavy that I have no choice but to lay in the bed and gasp and cry, or sit on the floor, lay on the floor and gasp and cry, and sometimes rock. I'm not a stranger to a a nice rock in the shower, as the water hits my skin and I'm trying to tell myself, be mindful of what the water is doing. Think of how your skin feels. Think of how this steam feels, opening up your lungs, you can breathe. I really get a kick out of when people are like, I haven't been able to get a hold of you. Like you've been so busy. Or I saw that you launched this, did this, did this and that, girl where do you get the time like how do you do it and i'm like thanks i'm anxious (laughs) my anxiety wears whatever disguise it needs to to make me really pay attention to whatever it wants me to pay attention to you know it's it's not a catch-all um so yeah i do have moments where I look a little frantic, but there are moments when I'm silent because my anxiety robs me of the ability to say the things that I want to say without feeling like I'll be shamed or minimized. And you're like, but you're Dr. Vivid. Like you literally help people deal with their anxiety, their symptoms, their mental health related issues for a living. Yeah. Yeah. But anxiety and mental health-related issues, they don't care about titles. They don't care about levels of education. They don't care about socioeconomic status. They don't care about how many good deeds you've done. Anxiety knows no bounds. (laughs) So I think it's important for us not to overgeneralize. I think it's important for us to understand that anxiety is not just about being worried. It's not just about, oh, they need to take some deep breaths. No, 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 baby. That's not a catch-all. Yes, there are moments when deep breaths are in order. There are moments when Let's try to get as calm as we possibly can are in order. But there are other times when things are so loud that we have no choice but to be quiet. And you think we're fine. That person that is task-oriented like hell that week Shoot, they could be anxious, they could be manic, they could even be depressed. Stereotypes. Yeah, they work their way into the mental illness and mental health diagnoses realm too. And no, I don't want you to think that every time I am accomplishing (laughs) a lot of tasks on my to-do list that I'm anxious. But I'm here to tell you that my anxiety has gotten so good at creeping up on me and mimicking my habits in order for me to appear functional that, yeah, there are some times when I'm doing hella good and I'm just knocking shit out and getting things done. And there are other times when I am running on autopilot In order to run from my thoughts. Because they're too loud. They're too overwhelming. And anxiety isn't just about what could go wrong. It's about anticipating how many things you need to do in order for something to go right sometimes as well. Like, am I doing enough? Your anxiety will tell you that when you're doing really well, you haven't done enough. You haven't done enough. It'll be like there's something else you're overlooking. There's something else that needs to be done. You can't possibly have successfully completed this task. Absolutely not. Go find something else. Anxiety will make you finish a project, listen to it, look at it, read through it. And feel like you need to start over. And it can be amazing. But anxiety will whisper. It could be more. It could be better. Is it really that good? Anxiety will have you literally stuck in one phase of a project, of a task at work, of a menial task at home. Because of the fear that it's not as good as it could be. And it'll also say, damn it, we're not going to start it. (laughs) We just going to sit here and procrastinate and find other things to do. Because the task is too big and there's no way we could possibly get it done. Oh man, anxiety is such a frenemy. Constantly harping and reminding you of the things you could have done, you should have done, you would have done, and robbing you of the time that you need to be focusing on things that matter. Sometimes my anxiety says, The world is too much, don't interact with anyone, just stay at home because there are too many interactions to try to figure out there are too many people (laughs) that require things of you and you may not be able to meet their needs and they may be upset with you because of that so let's just stay home and then there are times when the walls feel like they're closing in on you and your thoughts become so overwhelming that you have to get out of the house (laughs) you have to go for a drive in order to just change the scenery because being alone with your thoughts is frustrating and draining. And then there are times where we make our anxiety do what it do, baby. Being so anxious about getting something done or something being executed to my desired point that I look over that thing with a fine tooth comb, I practice, I rehearse, I check, 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 and check again. (laughs) Anxiety doesn't fit one bill. It's not a one size fit all. And even as I'm describing some of the things that I go through and some of the things that I see, you may say, hey, that isn't exactly what i feel not exactly what i go through and i completely understand but i just wanted to share my experience with the friend of me that is anxiety with you because it's important to be transparent and and open up the conversation i said this last time with you guys I want someone to know that they're not alone. I want people to know that, yeah, there are ups and downs and crazy points to it. But you can have great days, too. You can have good days, too. I have mildly anxious days where some things worry me bother me, but I'm able to just uh-huh shrug and go about my day. I have days where I don't feel an anxious bone in my body and I love it. And then I have days like today where I look at my schedule and I can feel the anxiety building as more things get added to my plate, a gradual buildup. So I take time in moments in the day to just stop whatever I'm doing, to confront the moment and process what I need to process so that I can be as productive as I can and then are there are some days where I surrender because I don't know where to start and I don't see it as a defeat but I say I surrender to the moment and I'm just aware of the fact that hey this is a little bigger than me right now a little bigger than I would like so until I can feel comfortable enough to say that's enough and know how to act to stop some of the noise, I'm just gonna shut it all down for the day. And that's all right. And also I'm glad to be on a new medication that has stopped the intensity of some of my anxious symptoms. So we're all on this crazy ride together. So, <laughs> if you see me doing something where it looks like I throw my whole little body and heart and soul into it, and you're like, "Dang, that's a lot! How she gets it all? How she get it all done? She just moving and shaking." Thanks, baby. I'm anxious, <laughs> but honestly, guys, um, I manage my anxiety by using. A variety of coping tools, deep breathing, mindfulness, um, allowing myself to cry when I need to cry and not bottling up emotion. Of course, taking my medications, using um, sensory techniques. I got a new therapist that I can process all these things with. It's a daily process. It's, a, it's something that I have been living with since I was at least four years old. So do what's best for you. Grab some tools for coping. Grab some techniques from a therapist. Check in with me for some cope chats. And just remember that you're not alone. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. We're all in this together. We're all on a journey to be well. It's time for Whale Mail, y'all. I love this part of the show. This is the part of the episode where I answer questions that you guys have submitted to me from the social media streets or by sliding directly into my inbox at contact at drvivid.com. So today's Whale Mail comes from you guessed it the tiktok streets give it up for tiktok streets they love me and i love them a clap clap a clap clap applause in a circle (laughs) so the question that we have is twofold actually it's two questions that are under the same umbrella so a tiktoker asks hey um i'm pregnant And I am taking some psychotropic medications. Do I just stop them? Do I continue to take my medications? And what happens if I stop them and I don't feel well anymore? And I think that's a great question. There are a lot of medications that have um, been shown to be safe and effective for people to take when they are pregnant and there are others that we absolutely say no 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 you can't take this um and that's because if we say no 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 you can't take this this is because that the medication could harm the baby harm the fetus in many ways um And we don't want to take that risk. We don't want to do anything that would cause a mom to miscarriage. We won't want to do anything that would cause any type of birth defects. We don't want to do anything that would cause the baby to experience a high level of stress. Uh, We don't want any premature labor. We don't want mom getting sick and baby getting sick. So there are certain medications that um, psychiatrists and primary care physicians will say, absolutely not. And there are medications that, um, there is research that shows, yeah, it's safe to take during the entirety of the pregnancy or at certain stages of the pregnancy. There are some medications that may be, um, better to take in the second and third trimester because in the first trimester, that medication, may um, possibly give way to some type of birth defects because of the critical stages of development that are occurring in the first trimester. There are also medications that they may say, hey, you can't take it in the second trimester because, again, critical stages. And this medication may um, affect growth, may affect hormones, all these things. And then there are medications that there's not enough data so prescribers don't feel safe letting you continue or letting you stay on the medication. If you feel like um, a medication choice isn't safe based on your own research or based on something your doctor has told you, you can talk about what your options are. Talk about what medications you could be switched to that will manage your symptoms as effectively as possible. I have been pregnant. I have kids, and I'm here to tell you that there aren't a lot of medications that you can take when you're pregnant. Um, And psychotropic medications, you know, depending on the severity of symptoms... Some doctors may say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to wean you off of some of this so you can have a healthy pregnancy as possible. And there are some that may say, you know what, we're going to take you to a lower dose. These are conversations that you have at length with your psychiatrist, with your primary care physician when it comes to medication. So you can make sure you're doing what makes you feel the most comfortable and makes you feel the most safe. All right and as far as let's say um being taken off a medication or being taken to a lower dose if you're pregnant or if you're not pregnant let's say okay no baby is, is an issue right have a conversation with your doctor about what to expect as your dose is lowered or as your medication is changed Talk about side effects, talk about any breakthrough symptoms, talk about any rebound symptoms. Remember I told you rebound effects are when symptoms hit your ass a little harder (laughs) and it feels like you felt before you started taking said medication. So have conversations about what to expect. So if you do experience any intense symptoms or you do experience any type of um, altered effects, you have been somewhat prepared Uh, You know what to look out for. And you also know any um, symptoms that would be the cause for an emergency visit. No matter if you're pregnant or you are someone who is not pregnant, make sure that you have conversations about side effects and emergency um, side effects. Like side effects that you need to immediately reach out to a doctor so you can have treatment um know the allergic reactions have these conversations so you're not blindsided at the last minute um also when it comes to being switched from a medication um talk about medications that are in the similar family um there are different classifications of medication and sometimes a doctor can switch you to something in the same classification family um And you won't feel as many symptoms, as many breakthrough symptoms. And guess what? If you're someone that's, and this is for the the non-pregnant folks specifically. If you feel that you've been knocked down a dose or switched to a medication. And you tried and you have waited it out. And you tried to thug it out. And symptoms feel like they're worse and they're not letting up talk to your doctor about readjusting your dose. If there's not anything medically significant, like we're, we're taking you off this medication because this is a medical condition, because of a medical condition or because of an allergy or a harmful side effect, talk to them about readjusting your medication. Don't get in the habit of just putting things in your mouth <laughs> and ingesting it without talking about what best suits you if you're not going to, you wouldn't sit and eat a nasty meal. You wouldn't sit and continually eat the same things or eat the same lunch, dinner, and breakfast and be like, I'm not being satisfied. You would add something else to it. You would want more. So, you know, you would seek out nutrients. You would seek out a, a more balanced meal. So seek out balance in your medications. Talk to your prescriber. Talk to them so you can really get the psychotropic benefits so that things can really help your symptoms improve. And also, yes, back to the pregnant people of the world. Unfortunately, there may be certain medications that you're going to have to cease taking as soon as you find out that you're pregnant. I say boost your supportive system. Definitely... Definitely, definitely go to therapy if you're not. And remember, Dr. Vivid says, don't just take psychotropic meds. Take psychotropic meds and go to therapy. So if you may need to increase your weekly sessions. Instead of going just once a week, you may need to see your therapist twice a week. You may have to start using other coping mechanisms. Um, you may have to use some safe, holistic holistic remedies as well. teas and... Other things that can help with some of your symptoms I'm specifically thinking of myself Um, I started taking Zoloft um, but I stopped taking it um, in my pregnancy before I got to my uh, I took it early in early on and then I stopped because um, it just wasn't good for me and my body while I was pregnant but other women have had um, other results but I, I didn't take it, so I did have some depressive swings that were a little willy-nilly, but I had to do it safe for me. And I also had to understand that, okay, this is about nine months. <laughs> After they, I can use other tools for these, this nine month period. And then if I still need to seek relief, I could talk to my doctor about what I can do, but I also breastfed, so my options weren't as vast as the uh, parents who bottle fed. But these are conversations that need to be ongoing, um, and definitely don't be afraid to have with your doctors. They're not gonna tell you, if anybody just shuts you down and tells you, no, we're not gonna talk about this, they're not the doctor for you, and you need to report them. okay it's your body pregnant not pregnant uh, adolescent child young old ask questions about the things that you are taking because they are affecting how you function and you deserve to know your options and you deserve to be well informed all right guys thank you for submitting your well mail can't wait to see what you have for me in these twitter instagram tiktok or inbox streets (laughs) all right guys it is time to take a beat this is the part of the episode where i talk to you about the things that i've been listening to what's been giving me joy what's been helping me reflect what have i been playing for the week first off Carisha, please. I I'm sorry, Young Miami. I tried to listen to her new song, y'all, but I couldn't. I could not get through. I think I got, I think I listened to it for maybe a minute. Maybe I'm lying. It was less than a minute. I love I love me some Young Miami, but in the words of Jocelyn Hernandez, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> she was. Shorty really rhymed Roaches with Buenas noches. She really. (laughs) Okay. Okay. On another note, things I've been listening to. um, I love um, The Voice. NBC's The Voice. I know you've heard me say this before. And there are specific artists that I will go and run their songs, their performances back. And. A specific artist that really has been on my mind is Kimberly Nicole and I believe Kimberly spells her Kimberly k-y-m-b-e-r-l-y I could be wrong but Kimberly Nicole you know on the voice they, they cover songs her cover of House of the Rising Sun baby Hits, Yes. By the animals. Yes. House of the Rising Sun. Go listen to it. Also, her performance of Creep. Radiohead. Yes. She she wore that thing out. Wore that thing out. The arrangement is Chef's Kiss. Oh my gosh. I had a flashback moment. Got chills all over my body. How did how did Y Club John say? Feel my body getting cold? <laughs> but go listen to that. Also, another track from Kimberly Nicole. My goodness. Um. Oh my gosh! Just listen to everything, Kimberly Nicole. Just go. Just just Google. Just go to YouTube. Just Google Kimberly Nicole The Voice, and you'll see the. the her voice is pure love. Pure love. Um, you know what? I actually spelled her name wrong. It is the regular Kimberly. The Nicole is spelled different. So it's Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. Nicole is N-I-C-H-O-L-E. So listen to House of the Rising Sun, Creep, and What's Up. Please listen to her smash What's Up. Because that song, whoo. Ooh, baby, it is something. Um, and then, if you want a little swagger dagger, you want a little swagger dagger. Instill the voice realm. Go to list, Go um, look up Dez. Her name is D E S Z. She does "Unbreak My Heart," Tony Braxton, and she does Tevin Campbell. Can We Talk, and The Groove. She also does um, Don't Let Go, In Vogue, and it is something. Please go listen to it. You know what? And that's all I got for you. That's that's what's been on my heart, my mind, and my soul. I love me a good singer, flat foot singer. So go check out those those tracks on the YouTube streets and tell me what you think. It's time to do it yourself. This is the part of the episode where we talk about coping skills, strategies, things that you can put in your toolbox to use in the meantime, between time, between therapy visits, until you get linked up with your new therapist, or just to deal with the daily stresses of life. I want to talk to you about forgiveness. There are so many times that we struggle with forgiveness. And I'm not talking about forgiving others. I'm talking about forgiving ourselves for the things we couldn't do, for the things we did do, for the things that we have said to ourselves. One of my favorite activities to give to myself to give to my clients is the forgiveness letter. Write a letter to yourself forgiving yourself honestly for the nasty things you said about yourself, for the harshness you have dealt yourself, for the way you beat up on yourself, for That thing that nobody knows you did, but you've been wrestling with. Be honest. Be raw. Be real. Detail why you should forgive yourself and how you're going to continue to heal so you don't repeat the behaviors so you don't continue to blame and beat up on yourself, so you don't continue to sit with the shame and the hurt and the pain, so that you can finally move forward. We know how it feels to get the apology that we've been longing for from someone else, but imagine how freeing it will feel To get the apology you deserve to give yourself. You can write the letter. Put it in an envelope. Fold it up. Put it in a book. Put it in a drawer. After you finish. Don't read it right after you finish. I want you to put it away. And come back to it. The next day, or two days later, at the most on the weekend. Let's say you write it on a Monday. The, the longest time I want you to let it simmer is a Saturday. And I want you to take time to sit and really read every word of forgiveness. Sit with the emotion because it's not the same eno- emotion that you're feeling now, you're not in the same space. So you'll be able to hear it differently. Read it aloud. And then make the conscious decision to love yourself more. To blame yourself less. And to commit to healing. Because your current self, your past self, and your future self deserve it. Welcome to The Cool Down this is the part of the episode where we focus on breathing, mindfulness, relaxation, and most importantly, you. If you can follow along with me safely, please close your eyes and let me guide you through this experience. If not, don't worry. It's a podcast. You can pause, stop, and come back to me later. Let's begin. Close your eyes and take a deep breath Repeat after me. I am not my problems. Deep breath in, let it out. I will be the source of my solutions. Deep breath in. Shoulders to your ear, take a deep breath in, let it out and release the tension. Again, clench your fist, raise your shoulders to your ear, deep breath in, let it out, release the tension. I will hold space for. you deserve moments like this today and every day don't forget to take a moment to breathe and remind yourself that you are worthy of peace love and safety guys we have reached the end of the episode thank you for all the love the support the well mail the likes the subscriptions and thank you for coming along this ride I haven't been with you guys this long, but I'm so excited for all the newness that's coming. Thank you. Continue to be there for me every week as I'm here for you. And as the songtress sang, do it like you should be there, baby. <laughs> all right, we out.